met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Welcome to another episode of Subconscious Realms. I'm your host, General Lee, and in attendance we have my co-host, the phenomenal New York Patriot. Now then, mate. Hey, hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me on again, mate. Oh, no, thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, and for tonight, we have a very special guest indeed, who I recently discovered on YouTube and has some fascinating content, and I mean fascinating. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the host and creator of Demonosophy and Beyond Zero. Uh, now then, Zero. Thank you for having me on. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you for coming on, mate. Thank you. Um, yeah, what I've seen on YouTube, man. <laughs> it's like you must have been doing this for years to get to that level. Uh, over 16 years, yes. Oh, 16 sure. years? Fuck, yeah. man. <laughs> Nothing um, to smooth that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I actually tell people that it's 16 years of being a functioning sorcerer but it's it's in my roots you know like when you look back in retrospect you find out that there are different things that were weird that you really didn't um pay attention to when they were happening and yeah. it, it all leads up to something bigger and it keeps getting bigger as you go i love it yeah I've noticed that in my own life, actually. You start looking back at things, and I was like, was this all like a predetermined destiny I was supposed to get to anyway? When I start looking at things in my life, I'm just like, was this just bound to happen? <laughs> was this the trail I needed to go to get there anyway? It's just Exactly. And I feel like, you know, with a lot of, I guess a lot of people would consider me a left-hand practitioner, but I, I don't stick to all that, you know, crap. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I feel that a lot of people who end up doing well and advancing in magic are the people who go through like a lot of bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I I look back at my life and I went through my own share of that. And I think that's what leads a lot of people to like look out there for other answers and, you know, do something different than what people of, you know, in average society are doing. Yeah. You know Recently, I think it was yesterday, I, I did a show with like four other people. And I think we even brought up the idea or the, you know, the, the thought that it seems like a lot of people, it just seemed to be like the four of us that are on together. It's like, we're kind of like all mystics, but yet we've all kind of gone through our own trauma too. Not, not yeah. to make it sound like, well, you know, we've all gone through our own shit and has that brought us to how we are now. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's all part of, very interesting, like how you almost said the same thing, really. Kind of yeah, just... I, I feel like you have to go through that chaos in order to reorder yourself. You know, um, yes. it's kind of like breaking a bone. The bone has to be broken in order to heal stronger. Very good. Very well said. So, <laughs> yeah, it's like um, everything happens like for a reason. Like everything happens is just meant to happen. Yes, I do believe that, especially now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like I said, as a knock-on effect, 
I'm like what? ramps up. If you don't mind me asking, like, what got you when you first started? What was it that you got into? Like, what, like, if you don't mind, like, the whole, I guess, you know, like, I didn't start off like interested in OTO stuff. Like, what kind of was, I guess, you know, got you into? If you don't mind, like, kind of. Um, it was when I got deep into it. When I was getting deep into it, um, because like, let, let's let's to clarify, I grew up in a Christian household. Like most practices. Oh, yeah. So a lot of that was suppressed, even though I was interested in certain things. Um, I didn't really start getting deep into things until I had like this really stressful job. And I started meditating to actually um, de-stress. But right. the thing that happened was when I get into something, I research the hell out of it. I'm, I'm obsessive <laughs> like that. So I found out that there were more applications to meditation. And that's when I basically just fell down the rabbit hole and um, never looked back pretty much. Yeah. I think meditation is huge when it comes to magic, just from my experience. Meditation is foundational, no matter yes. what you practice. Like if you don't know how to meditate, then you'll never get anything done because it opens up different sections of your mind, helps you to um, mm. figure things out, That's you huge. know, and then you, you also focus on your other senses besides, you know, sight and sound. And it's medically proven that it, it helps the brain process things. So I feel like if you're going to evolve spiritually, you know, like you also have to understand how to evolve yourself physically so that you have the capacity to evolve spiritually and you know what i think is is good to say too just from my experience i don't want to speak for you but i know like like what you're saying right there a lot of times i think people get confused that when you say oh meditate that means you have to empty your mind that's like fucking hard as fuck don't even <laughs> think about doing that right now maybe just on one thought and i will say like through my times of like going through like you know meditations if i wasn't trying to meditate to actually do something like specific a lot of times i would just meditate on like how fucked up I am and really sit there and think about it and look at like, what am I doing? Why am I doing that? You know, a lot of meditations was more of me actually just sitting there and holding that idea and not getting swayed from, you know, whatever radio fucking signal my brain wants to pick up <laughs> and just sitting on that one idea and really just think like, even with a tarot card, you could sit there and meditate on a tarot card for a while. It doesn't mean you're emptying your mind. You're just trying to stay on that one thought. Right. You think that if you were to meditate like just on your own self, you're going to make yourself a better person, in my opinion. Well, I did. I did a lot of things with the meditation. Like there were some times when I did want to clear my mind because you got like all these oh, thoughts of course, running. Of course. But there were times when I did meditate on, you know, who do I want to be? Who am I yes, that's without I mean. the influence of media or my peers? Yes. You know, and, and, and coming out of Christianity, like you have to do a lot of deprogramming. So you have to analyze your life and you have to reach that meditative state where it's like, okay, um, these are things that are important to me. Um, and these are the things that I can let go. You know, you, you do a lot of weighing. So there are different, um, you know, like meditation, there, there's different me uh, applications for meditation. Oh, for sure. Um, you know how you've, uh, some of your videos uh, mentioned the clip off. Do you, do you, use that so yes i did uh do a study the cliff off and did climb through a few of the spears and 
the funny thing is when I got to a certain point, I was kind of brought under the wing of a spirit. And <laughs> when I was asking the spirit, I was like, well, what about the rest of the cliff off? It, it kind of just like laughed it off, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, the interesting thing about the cliff off though, is that a lot of things revolved around Lilith. Okay. So, Hello. Um, right. Yeah. Because, you know, she is the first sphere. Then she is the guardian of the second sphere. Um, she's also associated with a lot of the so-called demons that are supposed to be uh, in, involved with all the spheres. Like Iseth Zanunum. That's supposed to be a face of Lilith, supposedly. Um, then you have Samael. Samael is associated with Lilith. And uh, I've read also sources that the people don't don't really some people don't consider a sphere, but the abyss. I, I think it's death. Um, I was reading in one of my sources that Lilith is the mother of the abyss, so she right. is very right. integral to the whole tree. So she's like the top dog, so so to speak. Yeah, you know yeah. what's funny. You mentioned yeah, right, right. it's funny how we could both see the same thing and look at the tree two different ways. But uh, like I'm even seeing what you're saying and makes sense to me. But I could even see it like I think in Gabura, if you start going up the tree, Samael is associated with that sphere. And if her, mm -hmm. her and Lilith do kind of go together, I think once you go up the Benai, you kind of cross into the abyss. So I could see how there's even still a progression, like even as you're saying and looking at it differently, I can still see it in the way I used it in. I guess be going the other way and still be getting the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they say as above, below. <laughs> yeah, if it makes any sense to you, like I can see how I could still see what you're getting at. Yeah, and a lot of people don't understand that these, like we we perceive things in a certain way. You know, we come up with these uh, these methods of spiritual evolution, and they're really man-made. And so, like when I was speaking to Lilith, which was who picked me up. Um, and I was telling her about the tree and stuff, you know, they don't really understand everything about the process that human beings go through spiritually, because like as pure spiritual beings, they don't understand physically how we have to <laughs> get through that barrier of um, right. physicality. So the spheres of the cliff off don't really mean anything to her. You know, it's like if I want to take you somewhere on the tree, supposedly, then I'm just going to take you there. Like, yeah. um, she was, and the thing that that kind of, uh, kind of put me on to the fact that she was very important was the fact that when she took me under her wing, she was like, "Okay, you need to speak to this spirit." And so I would try myself, and if I wasn't successful. Then she would bring the spirit to me. And right. at first she called herself a slave. I'm like, a slave does not is isn't able to just like bring whatever spirit they want yeah. you know, <laughs> to you. And that's what kind of keyed me into the fact that she was so important to so much of the cliffotic work. Yeah. I think uh, you associating her with the abyss nails it too. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, if if she's like um, 
depicted as the mother, who would be the father? Uh, a lot of people consider Samuel as the father. Ah, right, right, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, she has you, a very... You hear that, that name quite a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I don't necessarily feel like there has to be a father. Um, right. A lot of religions and culture, the older religions, you know, they focus on the feminine um, divine, you know, the, the mother goddess, and they kind of see her as top dog. So yeah. even yeah. though I understand that, you know, like binarily, you would want a male and female, um, I don't think that that's always necessary to be like, oh, you know, I have a mommy, you know, a matriarch, so I need a patriarch. No, I agree with that in a sense okay. too. Yeah, sure. Well, even I even think a lot of times, you know, a lot of female goddesses. I think like, uh, like I'll even take Hathor. Like, I mean, she's kind of like the top bitch in some, depending on like what kind of uh, Egyptian, Egyptian like stuff you're yeah, reading, yeah. depending on what time or whatever. But I mean, you could see her or Isis sometimes as like the head bitch, and it's just you know, there was a lot of times you can see like I think a goddess and not really. The male is kind of absent, but I, I do think there's reasons for that. Like, well, another thing yeah. that we need to take into consideration is that these entities don't have gender. You know, it's it's more to me about to me it's like, a story and archetype, really. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like we humanize. Yes, yes. It's the only way of us trying to explain it to each other is we humanize the shit. And I've I've gotten to a point where I've stopped doing that. You know, I have problems. Right sometimes visualizing because I'm like, I don't want to reduce this entity to something human. Like I want to be raised to their level where I understand them more as they really are. Yeah. And, okay, yeah you know, okay. like these, these, these entities have characteristics that we uh, label as male and female, but they're actually able to do more than what we imagine them um, to be. Right. A lot of times I look at the tree of just, you know, I now I'm not, I can't speak on the clip off because I really didn't, you know, work with that. But the top tree, a lot of times I just look at it as like it's, it's really just two different energies and the crossing and all that shit is just mixing of the both. Mm. It's, you know, I know sometimes you can use male and female or projective or receptive or whatever, you know, just negative and positive. But a lot of times when I think it comes down to the tree, I, when it starts getting into energies and sexes, I don't think it's like the way that people are taking it. I think like you're saying, they're kind of humanizing it too much where it should be just trying to tell you a love's a love dance of energies, really. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think if you really want to break it down to simple basics, everything is about destruction and creation. It's it's the balance. It's a balance of energy. Yeah. And that's like all balance of chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Chaos and order. And so yeah. it, it's about where you want to apply these different things. And when it comes to the different, I guess, like deities, spirits, demons, whatever you want to call them, um, you know, it's kind of figuring out what their forte is, what their speciality is, and yeah. Yeah. where you want to apply that in your spiritual life. Yo, you know what somebody just posted in chat, which I thought was pretty funny and interesting? This is... If you, I mean, I guess I don't know if you practice gematria or anything, but 
If you want to look at the date today, oh, fucking even the time right now. Holy fuck for me. It's 222, which would be 6. <laughs> holy fuck, you got 666 if you want to head to 222 <laughs> together. Today's oh, date is 666. Well, it was 222. Uh, very well, weird. You know what's, what's funny about that uh, that number? You know, a lot of people say it's evil, but. Oh, really they get that wrong. I think I don't think. Yeah, I, I, I think I people completely that. off with that. I hate to say it. Because I was reading Manly P. Hall, and it was talking about how six represents the microcosm that is man, you know? And it's really a positive thing because the microcosm has the same energy as the macrocosm. So, like, man is basically a smaller version of, let's say, the source that that creates all. <laughs> and three, so you have three sixes. Like, three is a representation of completion. Oh, right, right. But it all depends upon like what version of numerology you're looking at. Yeah, like, yeah. I am somewhat familiar with gematria. I don't know how to do the calculations because that method of numerology is way <laughs> complex. <laughs> yeah, like I, I have yeah, to want to get into this. <laughs> yeah, it blows my mind. It's uh, yeah. like when, when Ron's gone over it to me, I've been like fucking lost <laughs> yeah i never even got into it that much yeah just, yeah this is like a whole fucking thing in itself to fucking master yeah yeah well what yeah. got me into gematria is um i don't know if you're familiar with g de laval no okay uh, he, wrote a, know, he wrote a book on the shemha meforash and you know like how to access them and access their duality your their dualistic states so um i actually worked through that book and I I really don't like honestly like something must have been helping me out because uh, I <laughs> at first didn't know what to do with the book but then all of a sudden it was like things start to fall into place I started to you know instead of just going word by word from the book I also uh, incorporated my work with Hakate into it in order to get results out of it and. Um, it was like everything just synced up. And so uh, Laval actually sent me another one of his books. And <laughs> it'll probably take me some time before I can get through that because like, I'm looking at that and I'm like, damn, that is complex. Like, I, was, <laughs> I, was, I was never big on like ceremonial magic, gotcha. high magic. Like I'm, I'm very, I wouldn't, I hate to say lazy, but let's, let's <laughs> Let's call a horse a horse, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. But it's just like when I'm in my zone and focus, then I can do um, what is necessary in most cases in order to get results. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, you had mentioned Hakate before. Um, actually, I wanted to get your idea of like, if you don't mind, like, because I know you were talking about Lilith and now you just mentioned Hakate. Like, I could see them as aspects. Well, I think there's a couple of different aspects of, like, the Scarlet Horror idea. Do you, what is your idea about the whole, like, Scarlet Horror idea and magic? I mean, you, I think, prior to that, like, even that archetype of thinking, because I know there's other ways of explaining it. Not everybody. I, I prefer not to think with the mentality of the whore. I think that. Uh, well, I think it's another sexualized thing that has nothing to do with actual physical sex, in my opinion. I well, think it's also, historically, you have the patriarchy like basically trampling on everything female. 
you know? Yeah. And I feel like a lot of that has influenced things in magic, you know, it, negatively, you know, yeah. and it, it causes people to see magic in a different way because, you know, like a lot of magic is associated mm. with um, females, you know, and female energy. Uh, you know, like, for example, females are in tune with the moon because they have their menstrual cycles and stuff like that. And right, menstrual right. cycles in the patriarchy are seen as, oh, that's disgusting. Oh, like you need to separate yourself and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, some religions do. Job it. They make them pretty much. You're yeah. right. But it's not, it's, it's not accepted. You know, it's kind of like swept under the rug. And so, like, when people talk about Lilith being a whore or the whore of Babylon, I don't look at it that way. I look at that sexual, um, that role as a role of creation. Sex yeah. leads to creation, and it's a positive thing. So uh, I don't call any of these entities like whore anymore, and I don't think yeah. it that way. Gotcha. No, I was just, because uh, yeah. you mentioned, like, I could see Hakate as, like, being a... Try to think of another way to explain it. Fuck, but like, kind of. I hate to keep using that type. That's just that's what I'm used to because of being in the OTO of saying it. I could hey, see her being like a facet of the birth, the 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 birth and the death of life. Actually, I'll put it that way. Okay. Yeah. Cycle. Like I could see Akate as being like the three faced version of that. You know. Yeah. But I've, 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 I've never I've never know. even seen Hakate as a whore or anything like. <laughs> In That's my why I'm trying to use a different Yeah. In my personal experience, though, like she is not sexual whatsoever. You know, she's yeah. more like in a mom role. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's why there's the old hag, the maiden, and there's the mother. Yeah. Well, I mean, only one of them's actually gotten fucked. If you really. <laughs> I mean, you know, so I mean, and that's why I was saying Hakate could still fit into the there because she hasn't been fucked if you're not looking at it sexually, you know? Sure. I mean, it, you, honestly. Uh, you know, when it comes to female entities and stuff like that, I'm gonna be a man and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak the truth. Like my first thing is, can I have sex with this entity? You know, like what does it, what does it do Fair for play, me? Fair play. But it's, it's kind of like, I think when you establish contact with spirits, one of the, the first things that you do is you establish what role they have in your life. Is this yeah. lady going to be a lover, a friend, a sister, a mother, or like if they're male, a, a father or a brother, yeah. you know, like how do they fit into your life? What role do they play in order to get the most out of them? Makes sense. Yeah, okay. Now, okay. I, I would just, you, and I think to go along with what you're saying, I, I know for myself when I used to practice, now I don't know how you do your, do your stuff, but like, you know, there's a difference invoking and evoking. Like I used to, like if I made my circle and I invoked something, I would look at that person just kind of like you were just saying now, is that somebody that I want to like, would be okay with as like a father figure or a brother figure or like something that I aspire as a, as something to learn from or benefit from, or is that kind of like what you were just saying right there? Like in a sense too. Well, I think evocation and invocation have different applications. Oh yeah, of course. If 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 I if I want to like establish a deep connection with the entity, I invoke it. Yeah. If I want to see things from their point of view, then I invoke. Um 
if I'm just like kind of asking for something to be done or, yeah. you know, just kind of like want to change the feel of the room and the, the atmosphere, then I evoke. But um, on, on, on most levels, uh, I do invocations because as a demonosopher, it is my kind of like duty to understand and coexist with the spirits. Nice. Yeah, I see like only because like I know we look at things from different angles. Like I know just the way I would do it if I invoke something it was like something I didn't mind like aspiring to or becoming closer to. Right. And like something I was a little like kind of like, well, I don't mind working with you, but I don't know if I want to be kind of like you. I'll evoke something like that. Right. And so I don't know if it gets the same way that you would. That's why I'm asking this and bringing it up, just trying to get an understanding of if well, we have commonality. Yeah, I've, I've had relationships where it's like, okay, like, I do like you, but not enough to kind of, like, absorb you. Because, like, when yes, you yes, do yeah. invoke these entities, like, you become more like them. It rubs off. Like, yeah, you're, you're opening yourself by up. Association, yeah. <laughs> by association. You become part of the conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, like, a lot of people don't understand that. Um one of the first entities that I did invoke that actually helped me was Thoth. Nice. And nice. yeah, like he's he's really cool. He's really laid back and you know, like he loves human beings. I for one don't. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> when I started working with him, then I became more tolerant of people and more able to like deal cool. with crowds in society and kind of like have more patience. <laughs> Yo, I shit so. you not. You know, it's so funny that you say that. See, this is funny how like even people from totally different backgrounds and practices can come to like the same thing. I used to use Toth a lot when I, uh, I mean, first off, there were certain, because I was very much into Egyptian, uh, a few Egyptian gods. I kind of worked with them regardless, even if I was just giving thanks and just saying what's up and not really doing anything with and giving them offerings just to have the practice of doing something. But yeah, a lot of time, like I always included Toth, but a lot of times when I did use him, it was always in like a lot of stuff with my job, but not too so much with money. It was because my job, there was times where I had to put myself out into public a little bit more, or I actually had to speak with people. I had to present, you know, I had to get them to like me and knew how to, get into a conversation and control the shit. So I was like, you know, I, maybe I could use, I used to use Toth for that all the time. Cause he's for speech knowledge. He's going to know how to art. You know, I need to articulate myself correctly. I need to be able to captivate the persons long enough to listen to what I got to say. So like that even helped me more. I think just in generally being able to not be so antisocial because I could, I could in my, I could be, I, you know, at times, believe it or not, even though I have a podcast, there was very much times in my life where I was very introverted. Believe it or not, so well, you know, right? I feel like both helped with that. Even though you're introverted, you know, it's kind of like when you have a podcast, you're basically, you know, um, sometimes, you know, some episodes when I had a podcast, I was just talking about different things. Um, so you get uh, practice talking to yourself, you know, <laughs> and um, yet yeah, those like he's a god of wisdom, like a lot of things will pop up that you're not usually thinking about or there may be things that you're looking for that are right in front of your face. You're not seeing them. And then when you deal with those, like all of a sudden you find, them, you know? And so he's, he's very interesting. He's very, he's not shy about interacting with people. You know, I've had a lot of friends where because they're used to 
who I am and they know what I do. When I was uh, performing a co-possession, you know, like I call it co-piloting when you have an entity kind of riding with you. Um, you know, like he's very touchy-feely. He's very curious and very explorative, you know, <laughs> almost to the point of being invasive. And uh, <laughs> and so that was, you know, my, my takeaway with working with those. And like I still, you know, uh, he's just kind of in the background for me right now where uh, I think like he inspires me to do that obsessive research and to keep obsessively researching. Um, but like, I don't work very directly with him much these days. Nice. nice. Right, oh, right, I haven't right. practiced much in a while, but I, I did use a, I was a, I was a fan of using Toth a lot, actually. Well, I, I think there are some, <laughs> I, I think there are some like entities that you don't necessarily outgrow them, but they work better in the background. Um, Hakate is a good example of that. Like Hakate, she may send me on an errand or, you know, Hakate has been known to bring different entities to different people according to their needs. And right. so it'll be like, she'll fade into the background. I won't speak to her or work with her directly for a while. But then when I'm, when I'm, you know, finished with, you're never really finished, but like when I'm through with my work at the moment with the entity that I'm dealing with, I can always return to Akate and pick things up like they, you know, never fell off. Right. Yeah. yeah. I could probably say the same for with ISIS. You know, and some people would, I guess, not to tell, but my opinion, I wouldn't say the two are really that interchangeable, but I could see some people associating maybe that with them, both at the moon, you know, associated with the moon. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I never I, really contacted ISIS, so I can't really speak on that. Yeah, I know some people do, um, kind of consider her as like one and the same with Akate. And yeah, I, yeah, but I feel like it, it's it's kind of uh, that in a in a sense like does kind of piss me off because it's <laughs> like I I understand like if you do historical research and you have some gods that go by different names because throughout the years, like, they're going to be called something different, you know, like, yeah, yeah. go this Tahuti. Um, but, um, you know, like, associating everybody who is somewhat similar is kind of like, in a sense, it, it's it's kind of like... I think it does more damage than help. Yeah, it's, it's the same concept as being racist. You know, <laughs> like, saying, oh, you know, all black people all white people all, you know, like are the same because of this, this, and this. And I think what you need to do in order to figure out whether these entities are the same or not is to invoke them, evoke them, you know, establish a relationship with them, ask them questions, you know, like there are, um, you know, like when, when we were talking about how Lilith and Hakate, you know, in my experience, they are not the same and I'm yeah. not going to treat them the same. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> No, no, I understand what you get for sure, for sure. I mean, I, I could even say like if you like if you wanted to, because I agree, I don't think like they should be seen as the same. But like if somehow somebody wanted to try to make sense of that, I could see maybe like if we had a timeline of this feminine story, mm -hmm. Isis and maybe Hakate are on there, but they're not at the same time. You right. know what I'm saying? Are not on the same archetype or or that part of the story. It's just it's a completely 
a different story, just maybe the same energy. You know, it's kind of hard to explain what I'm getting at, but I do agree with you. I think that does limit things and puts things into boxes and you don't, some of these goddesses are different down to the littlest things for a specific reason. They tell you something different, I think, you know? Mm. Yeah. But I mean, like, I, I respect the concept of the deific mask because a lot of these deities do wear masks. Lilith does a lot of, like, <laughs> masking, you know, like uh, pretending to be something else. Um, Hakate has her epithets, which basically, you know, like, they're, they're like adjectives. Um, that help you focus your magic on how you want to work with her. And um, because of these ideas, I think that, you know, a lot of people start lumping in other entities with these other, I guess, more like uh, mainstream or more popular entities. Mm. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, one, one of your videos, what, oh, mate, I was... Um, you mind blowing was the you your video on Belial. Oh, um the one where I was talking about how he is initially like dealing with him. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh Belial is an acquired taste. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh he has one hell of a sense of humor. Um because when I was first dealing with Belial, you know, like I, I've done I've done work with Goetic Spirits before, but there were only a few that I had focused on, and I had never really worked with Bilal until I was put on to Primal Craft. Um, and so, like, in Primal Craft, you have a big three. So you have Hecate, you have Lucifer, and then you have Bilal. And so that's when I started working with those three. Like, I had had um, contact once before with Akate <laughs> and um, then a couple um, with Lucifer, but I had never really worked with Bilal. So I started working with Bilal. I got in contact with him and he was always coming in like these terrifying visions, you know, like oh he would always come and and he would always he was always intrusive in, in a sense where like one time I was meditating and he basically tore my astral body out of my regular body. And then he pushed me through a portal. Oh, and hell <laughs> yeah, like, like, like no warning. It's just like, boom. Jesus. <laughs> and like, wherever he sent me, it looked like these tunnels oh, that were dark, but like they were lighting up with like dark colors. And he's like, oh, yeah, talk about this when you get back. I'm like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> And so, wow, man. <laughs> and then at a later time, Belial came looking like a regular person, not not regular, regular, but like, and he was saying, Oh, I'm coming in this visage so I don't terrify you. And I'm like, That's a little <laughs> bit too late, you know? I was expecting something fucked up, you know? <laughs> I'm actually disappointed. <laughs> but um, Belial, he does have kind of like moments where there are some people who say that he's very comforting. I don't feel his energy is necessarily comforting. I feel like, you know, the first time I invoked Bilal, I felt like I was having an anaphylactic reaction. <laughs> I thought my throat was closing up and I was like really dying. <laughs> you know? Um, that was heavy, that man. 
Yeah. But uh in the end, like he's 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 a great he's a great spirit to deal with. You know, like he is the one that uh actually forces me to do the things that I don't want to do, you know, if I need to get my hands dirty. Like I'm not a person that went into magic to curse or hex people. That's not what I right, right. I yeah. to do. But you know, there are certain times in my life where like these entities are like, no, you have to do this. Like maybe it's 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 for the person that I might curse to learn a lesson because like those curses and those hexes aren't meant to be forever. You know what I'm saying? You know, like um and I feel like using those curses also helps you get over something, you know, where um if you read the satanic bible of Anton LaVey, he was saying right. that even if you don't believe in magic, like doing the ceremony and you know, if you feel some type of way, do the curse. And it'll make you feel better, you know, psychologically. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I found that that also does help me in that way. But like I, I try to veer away from some of those things. Like I accept them because you have to accept everything that is a part of the culture. Um, you know, um, you have to understand that you have to defend yourself sometimes. Um, but like it's not something that I want to focus on because most left hand practitioners are seen as like these crazy trigger happy hex curse happy people that just want to destroy everything. And right. I'm trying to like show people that no, like we are in, you know, there are intellectuals, we're not all extremists, we're not all edge lords, you know, like there, <laughs> there's a reason. <laughs> To this study and 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 getting to a higher level, you know. <laughs> That's a good point, though. I mean, that is. I mean, there, yeah, there is a reason this stuff is like studied and detailed and like, yeah, it's a good point. Because <laughs> there is a lot of shit behind that stuff as well. I mean, you just you know. Oh man. Hear a name and it's just like oh, it's not like you just snap your fingers and this thing happens. Like there's a whole structure behind even working that. Well, it's it's like. It gets you to a point if you if you want to break it down to simplicity. Honestly, you don't need anything to perform perform magic. All you need is your thought, right? You need thought and drive. But a lot of the stuff is for focus, and the things that were used for focus yes. were the things that were common within societies at that time. You know, like if you look at the old Grimoires, they used stuff that was common to them. Like yeah, I can't yeah, find yeah. the shit that they had in those those old Grim Wars to do the same thing like turtle blood. Like, where am I gonna get turtle blood for? I'm not going to go <laughs> on a journey for turtle blood just to do this one thing to conjure up this demon that I can do with uh, something I have like in my kitchen or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, I get that too. I, I've even heard, yeah, I've even heard other uh kind of well-known magicians even say that, you know. That stuff can be replicated in other ways, like to fit today's society and still work. Yeah. yeah. But like you have um and a lot of it could just be mind, mind to mental, just like I think you were kind of getting out a little bit too, is just kind of focusing on just another thing that goes along with what you're focusing on to acquire or what you're getting at. Sometimes I think they might just be mental attachments too to signify what am I doing this for? You know? Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, it's just like a lot of us when you start out, you don't have the tools that a lot of these, um, you know, practitioners that are writing books or whatever have, uh, you know, like 
everybody thinks a lot of people in the beginning, excuse me, they think that they need these fancy athames, like crystal balls, like they think they need to go balls to the wall and spend as much money as possible. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not necessarily true. You know, like um one of the interviews, or I think it was like in the book that Damien Eccles, you know, um he he was talking about how he had nothing when he was in jail, but the books to, to understand, you know, like his work with angels and, and things like that. And so he was talking about how he still performed magic, even though he had nothing. Oh yeah. He can still you perform know? magic inside sitting inside a jail cell. Yeah. And this is angelic magic. A lot of people think when you deal with angelic, you know, angels and stuff like that, you have to, have a white robe, you have to ring a bell, you have to be burning frankincense and myrrh, and you know, it has to be the right time, the stars have to be aligned and everything. <laughs> and it's like, no, no, like well, I gotta cut this, I'm gonna make this wand from a branch, cut it on a Wednesday. Yeah, tree. <laughs> and it's like doing those things puts energy into your intent, you know, and it, it gives you focus. Yeah. Yes. Like, if you need to do that, definitely go ahead and do that. But you get to a certain point where I think, you know, when you become mature spiritually, you're like, fuck this, you know, like, can I cut corners? Like, can I do something else? Like, I'm gonna try something else that is not in these books and see if this works. And that's basically like the point where I got to. And then you have these, um, you have these results and you're like, oh, like, I get it now. Like a light bulb goes on. Um, the uh, angelic magic is that the same as Enochian magic? Uh yes and no. Like I feel like <laughs> all right, okay. <laughs> Enochian well, I... is a a sub um, category of angelic magic because right, you have okay. you have different angels that function differently and can be contacted differently. For example, Enochian magic, um, from what I know of it. Uh, mostly works with the angels that aren't fallen. Um, but, like, you can approach the Grigori in a totally different way. Or, like, you had, um, like I mentioned, G. De Laval's method of approaching the Shemha Meforash, which are, like, another different class of angels. So I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, like, I personally don't feel like Enochian magic is the standard when i want to get in contact with angels right right okay yeah i was gonna say uh after he finished i was gonna say myself lee um there i mean there's so many different ways even from my experience that you can work with angels like i think you know like the way he said enoki magic is just like a form of working with a certain set of angels or angels, yeah you know i mean i could use the I could do rituals like and use the the tree of life and go use certain spheres and just invoke angels off that. You know, it doesn't have to be from Enochian tablets. Plus, right. you have to understand that a lot of um, the systems for working with angels is based on either Christian or or Jewish belief. Okay, but like angels are they predate all that. You know, so there are other ways. Like you have Babylonian Canaanite ways of working with the different angels. There is even a different way of looking at angels. Like some people don't even consider them as angels in the sense like, oh, they work for God, 
so to speak. You know, like the angels, just like a lot of the demons, were considered gods themselves. You know, but they were shoehorned into this uh, this religion, this way of thinking, in order right. to fit the narrative. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Very well said. Yeah, yeah. Um, zero, right? Harry Man. We're currently doing a series <laughs> on it with uh, Raven Keith, um, and it is just fascinating. Have you ever heard What's of him before, Harry Man? Harry Man. Oh, yeah. Look yeah, at, oh. yeah. Aramon is basically the Zoroastrian devil. And <laughs> that's the kind of what he was getting at, too. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I like contacting the things that are considered like archetypes for, for Satan. And um, Aramon is actually a pretty chill dude. Like, he's infamous for his orgies. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's kind of like when I would contact him, he was just like, oh, come and party with me. And then there's just like this big mass of entangled bodies that kind of like merge within one another and they just kind of just jump in. <laughs> it's, it's, you don't know where to start, so you just right. <laughs> you just get absorbed into all of it. Um, but Aramon is interesting in the sense where uh, when I was working with him, it was to put myself in a certain mindset of kind of like letting go of how I feel about like taboos and, and, and things like that and getting to the point where it's like, ah, I'm, I'm kind of going to do what I want to do. And that is basically how Aramon is. You know, there is a story that, um, that, you know, like he's seen as a very destructive character or a negative character, but he created the peacock just to show that he could do it if he wanted to. Like, he could the peacock. do positive things. Yes, the peacock. That's interesting. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I've always considered that an occult. Well, it's used in occultism, in my opinion. Figure of yeah, there's, there's yeah, like, you have the, the peacock angel. I think that's uh, Malik Tao. Um, Malik Tao. Yeah, the peacock is also associated with Hera. Um so it does have like a, a significance within occult. Um, it doesn't show up a lot in no. my studies, but it's it's there, and it seems to be something that's an older symbol. Yeah, that's I've wondered that myself. Is it kind of like a died out symbol and just been replaced with something else? Maybe kind of. Yeah, because I always see it in obscure things like things yes. that are mainstream. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we were talking about that. I had never even heard of that guy, Arimar, before until we had, you know, this decade. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, well, it's really interesting. I mean, I mean, like, what I found is, uh, um, you know, he represents a seven-headed dragon. The seven-headed dragon is actually a representation of his generals, and they all represent... Oh, right, right. Um, we'll call, like, Luciferian aspects. You know, like, there's one that helps you achieve the luciferian mind or the adversarial nature um there are some other things there's like one general that uh focuses on vampiric magic and all of these have both negative and positive applications 
a lot of people don't understand that the adversarial nature is not negative and it's not like to go against the status quo just because i can you know it's it's the mindset of seeing saying like okay shit's fucked up right now there's something wrong why is there something wrong i'm going to question this and figure out why something is wrong and see if i can correct this and like it's adversarial because it's not going to back down you know it's like no like (laughs) i see something wrong and i'm not going to live under this like i'm not going to exist with this mindset if i feel like it's flawed Right, right. Fucking hell, man. It's just all so fascinating. <laughs> yeah. I was Crazy. actually put on to Aramon because, you know, like with Demonosophy and Beyond, I do a lot of book reviews where I work through different books, talk about them, basically put people onto the ones that work and the ones that are bullshit. You know, like I tell yeah. them. Yeah. Just, just yeah, that, the, the book of Belial, that was um, the other Belial video what I enjoyed. Uh, there was one the the black book of that's El- it the black book of okay. yeah something like yeah. that yeah 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 that is actually one of those books um that was written by this couple called Baron and Baronessa Aragni and they live in South Africa and I knew they were the real deal because the moment that I ordered that book the same day Bilal came to me and like he like embraced me and like I don't consider Bilal a huggy guy. You know, <laughs> so like one that said, like he was basically giving me a thumbs up, like, yeah, you're you're on the right path. But like that also proved to me that they were real practitioners. And yeah, that book is hard to review because like you can't you can't talk about it. You make a pact with Belial. Oh, so you can't speak about like, the content at all. No, like they they, oh, they, they up, it, it, it's so serious oh. that they have a video on the book where they explain as much as they can they explain the pact it's even on their website you know with the book where it gives you word for word the pact so that you yeah, know what you're getting uh, yourself into yeah yeah and it was funny crazy they were, huh? like, they were like this is so serious like you could die if you break this pact and they they were talking about how it was channeled with Bilal. and as soon as i saw that warning i was like i'm getting this book <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you do, as you do. Yeah, yeah. You get to a point where it's like uh, I'm tired of playing it safe. Like, okay, this can kill me. Okay, I'm I'm down. <laughs> Let's do yeah. it. Did, did you look at it as like uh, a sort of a challenge because it had yes. that? Yes, yeah. It, it's yeah. always a challenge, but like, um, it's a challenge for growth. You know, like it's it's stimulation that's that's how i see it i don't see it as like a roadblock because it teaches you to become stronger and to become something different and uh yeah like so it's just like how do i approach this and i found that like in a, a lot of ways in a lot of grimoires that i find like i have blockage you know working through it's right. because I'm trying to look at a direct approach to it. I'm not thinking out of the box. And sometimes these problems lead me to thinking out of the box and thinking in a creative way. And in that way, like I have more of an appreciation for magic because magic is about um, reaching a goal 
through multiple means and it's like which path is just the the route for you you know and finding right. that route yeah Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask, in your opinion, how what would be the best way to to explain the abyss to people if they wanted to understand what that really is when it comes to magic? Horrible question, not like. Um, <laughs> trying to explain the abyss. Okay. Um, it's going to be different from everybody from everybody's perspective, of yeah. course, because of course. like everybody has different tests to go through. And it's basically like telling the universe to give you as much shit as possible to see how much you can deal with, um, in a way. But the abyss is both a a spiritual state as well as a I wouldn't say physical state. It's it's an actual place as well. Yeah. And so it's kind of like this journey of darkness, you know, like. It, it's kind of like Dante's journey through hell, you know, like uh, where he yeah. was um, exposed to like a lot of shit and he had to come to grips with it. And then, you know, at the end, you know, come out into the light. So that's basically what it is, is. Um, Could you see those stories as sometimes maybe kind of like showing a sense of like doing the shadow work that's needed to maybe have like in a magical. Absolutely. Absolutely, because the spirits that you deal with in the best make you uh, like key into the things that you do not want to learn about yourself, you know, <laughs> like and and when it comes to mundane life going through the abyss, like you'll be put into situations where it's kind of like you have to figure out like you have to. I wouldn't say throw away your moral code, but you you're forced to say, you know, figure out like how to survive because the abyss puts you in a mental state where like a lot of people who aren't ready for it, they can commit suicide or get hooked on drugs. Uh, or really? They, yeah. I like, can they, see that. No, it, I, I totally agree with that. Is it that, what, is it that bad? I yes. Totally like you can that. die from the abyss. Like you, you have know, suicidal huh? ideations and, Yes, like one bad it. thing happens to you, one one thing after another. Like you have no, you can have no money. Your car can be broke down. Like it's 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 well, like it, all that, the chips are stacked against you. Yeah, is that is that like being attacked by certain entities? That or is it just fate? I think it um, could be the mind fuck behind just realizing certain things that could just be hard. Right. Okay. There there is that. You know, like you yeah. do come to a realization that. All these material things are just shit, you know, like they, they really don't yeah. have much meaning except what you really attribute to them, you know, and so you learn to do true that. True. And so in that sense, you become a more spiritual person because when you are at your worst and you still get through it, like you realize I don't need all the comforts that society is telling me that i need oh yeah you know and that allows you to focus more on your spirituality because all there's this a lot of freedom in that too yes there's a lot of freedom <laughs> but it's it's also even when you come out of the abyss though it's a struggle because we are facing constant programming saying you need x y and z you need more material stuff and, and so like um once you do come out of the abyss i feel like a lot of mature practitioners do 
somewhat like isolate, <laughs> you know, because they no, don't want to be influenced in the sense like where they get dragged back into normal society. No, no, I totally yeah. understand. I sometimes I wonder if that's what the hermit card is all about. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's kind of hey, like man. the mode that I'm in Shut now. Up. Like I, I don't really socialize a lot, you know, like I focus yeah. on my channel dealing with people via email or through YouTube. I have my yeah. close yeah. friends, but it's like even close friends and family, like I don't see them on a regular basis. I don't interact right. with them on a regular basis. I have my nose in a book. <laughs> like the only yeah, reason yeah. why I go out into society is because I have to work. And that's that's it. <laughs> right. Uh, 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 with your you know, your vast experience, what's the darkest entity you've worked with? The darkest see, okay, um you have to define dark. Yeah, because just, I knew that was coming because I was like that's kind of a uh, did you, the most the most fucked up at the time. Like challenging okay let's say challenging i don't want to call them yeah. fucked up because entities are who they are you know like <laughs> yeah there yeah, are some yeah. people who call me fucked up but i don't see myself that way so um i would say this entity that calls itself the devil and the interesting thing about this entity is this entity is female and i can see that female. being seen yes because right you know it, it's it's interesting, but it makes sense that the patriarch would, they hate females so much that they can't even, ex, they can't acknowledge the fact that a female is their entity. I mean, is their, right. their, uh, their nemesis, right. their nemesis, their enemy. Um, but like, even though this entity called herself the devil, like it's not in a negative way. You know, it's, if you look, back at a lot of cultures there were a lot of horn gods and goddesses yes um, yes that were you know demonized but uh she didn't have she has a name but you can't say her name you know like that's not meant for humans to know or anything like that so you know a name she um actually had me give her a name um the thing about a lot of spirits is that they don't have names you know when they right, interact right. with each other it's kind of like they recognize each other I, I guess like on a frequency level or something like that i don't know right, how it okay. really works uh i just have my theories uh names are for human purposes so okay. like i've met a lot of spirits where they're like i'm like what do i call you and they're like whatever bro like <laughs> give me a name <laughs> But with in the case of the devil, um, she was very chaotic. You know, it's kind of like she would teach me magic, you know, certain spells. When I would do the spells, uh, you know, successfully, she would be like, good job in one breath. But then she would start yelling at me in the other breath. Like, it, it was like dealing with somebody who's bipolar. <laughs> right, right. And, right. and you know, it's it's... It still made sense because a lot of the things that she did had purpose. You know, um, she was that way because I had to learn to get a backbone and to, well, I had a backbone, but like to get to the point where if I don't agree with something that is seen as very powerful, I can still say no, like I'm not going to do this or I am going to come against you. Um, she, 
did inspire me to be more adversarial. And I did get to that way where, like, I didn't agree with everything she said. Um, yeah, yeah. And, like, I got to the point where we got into fights. You know, she's like, I'll fucking kill you. I'll rip your soul oh. out, your, out your body and have you walking around like a regular human being. And I'd, I'd be like, I don't care. It's about the principle. Like, I know if I go against you, I may take a loss, but it's about principle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And so I'm still here today. So obviously, I, I guess I did the right thing. Yeah. Um, I know you say you're not meant to say her name, but what is her name? You'll all say. Well, I call her Eshkehe. But she, Eshkehe. Um, one of the, one of the um, interesting things is that because she's like top dog, basically, in the demonic yeah. world, um, she can take the roles of different demons, different like high, high level demons. So she could like uh, take over, take over them, like sort of like yeah. uh, possess them. Because okay, so they're not they're not just you have the names for the specific demons, but you yeah. also have roles that they play, and the roles have the same name. Okay, so let's say Lilith, for example. Lilith is a specific entity, but Lilith is also a role because every spirit has its own job. Okay, so let's say. Uh, you have a spirit that doesn't want to do its job and it goes to sleep like it goes dormant for whatever reason or goes and does its own thing then basically like like a manager the manager has to come in say this role needs to be filled and along with what they have to do on a regular basis they have to fill that that role and um she is able to do that because she knows a lot of the demons intimately so it like working with people who work with Lilith, um, you know, would be working with the devil, but would never know. And it it's not it's see working with these spirits like concepts are very different from like humans, and it's it's hard to grasp. But like when they're explaining things, uh, it's complex and kind of simple at the same time. It's it's confusing. But it's it's kind of like if you are working with Lilith and the devil is in her position, you are still working with Lilith. It's not like the devil right. is fooling you. It's it's considered basically the same thing. Right. Right. It's interesting. You know, um, I I have a I hate I don't mean to interrupt you. No problem, mate. No problem. There was somebody in the chat that wanted to know uh, if you don't mind. Uh, what's the differences between Asmodeus and Belial? Nice one. That's a top question. <laughs> well, honestly, I've never really worked with Asmodeus. Yeah. Um, like Belial, the, the things I can say about Belial is that Belial is used for curse work. Belial is and seen as an earthly spirit. Um, Belial is the type of person that pushes you past your comfort levels. And it's like a lot of entities will do that, but like from the rip, like he's doing that. Like there's no warm up, there's no, there's no lube. Like you just, <laughs> <laughs> you get fucked and you get thrown into the middle of the pool and it's like sink or swim. <laughs> Right, right. 
Now, I don't know, like, I don't have the, uh, I mean, I probably could have looked it up by now, actually. Sorry, I didn't even think about it. I probably could have looked up the Go Asia, but uh, are they both, like, still, are they the same ranking, you know, offhand? Like, I know you mentioned the Go Asia. I don't know if that means you technically used it because you can still, in my opinion, I don't think you need the Go Asia to mess with those demons or whatever you want to call them. No, you don't. You no. Don't. But uh, do they have, do you know offhand? I think they might be the same ranking as Kings, too. Right? Uh, yes, yes. Bilal is a king. Asmodeus I think Asmodeus is, is also, right? But the thing is, you know, like, once again, we're trying to humanize and fit these spirits in a certain, you know, label and, and try, like, we, we try to understand them. But in a sense, when we try to label them, we kind of um, misdirect how they really, you know, like others as to how they really are. You know, it, they don't consider themselves necessarily as like kings. It's just like you have a job, you know, like here are the people work underneath you. This is what you're supposed to do on a cosmic level. Go do it, you know. Um, and then a lot of people don't understand the fact that these demons um are not necessarily all singular. Uh, they, you know, like in the Bible, you have legion, okay? So legion can be perceived as one entity, but legion admitted, like, we're many. Uh, a lot of these demons are actually the same. So how can you have a group of demons sharing the same title? You yeah, know? yeah, <laughs> yeah. What is your thought on... Um... Because we're talking about the Goetia, if you don't mind, your thought on, you know, I know some people, I think Crow well, Crowley kind of says it and then kind of changes his opinion, but I don't think he's changing it that much. I, what do you think on it being mental? A lot of the stuff with the Goetia is actually just archetypes of the mind. What's your opinion on that? Um, I think it's possible, you know, um, but I've... I feel like uh, these things are also separate. Like, there may be some of the Goetic spirits that are archetypal. Uh, some may be thought forms. But then there are some that are actually, like, external intelligences. And the way that I kind of gauge that is what, they, what do they present to you? Um, you know, like, if they come out of the blue... And come and visit you and then start telling you some some stuff that you've never thought about or doesn't really apply to you until then, then I don't really consider it as an archetype. But if the spirit is constantly like telling you about yourself or something that is applicable to human life, I feel like it may be more of an archetype. Gotcha. Yes, yeah. So so and you know, like figuring out I don't like defining the different spirits. It's just like if you <laughs> if you get a job done, you know, I don't care what you are. You know, I don't care where you came from. You know, like you helped me out. Kudos. Like, be, you know, when, when I'm establishing a relationship, I may ask these things. But in the, the bigger picture, like their origins aren't even important to them. The, a lot of them don't even remember their origins. They can't they can't speak on that. So asking a spirit whether it's an archetype, whether it's a demon, an angel, like it's doesn't it doesn't compute with them. <laughs> yeah. 
right. No, I think that's uh, very well said because I, I do believe it's a little bit of both in some ways too. So, yeah. Yes. Um, but you know the arch demons. Uh, how many? How many of them is there? Um, do you know are you, the names? No, like there's it, one. We have, um, you know, you have different hierarchies. Uh, right. Two, okay. Yeah. There, there's an endless amount of demons. Like, and there's there's different levels of what humans consider as hell. There's different classifications of demons. They have their own different tribes, their own different communities. There are even places within the demonic dimensions that you have um, demons that, like the more civilized demons, do not deal with. Because they're like, oh, no, fuck them, they're crazy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's there's parts of, uh, I I jokingly say like there are parts of hell that like uh, other demons don't go to because like that's the Detroit of hell, you know. <laughs> like, right, right. <laughs> that's that's the Wild West over there. So we don't we don't talk to them. Um, yeah, would would this be the seven divisions of hell? No, there's there's no division it's it's kind of like from my perception it's the same way as earth you know like where there's just like a vast expanse and you have different terrains and a different look and a different feel um there are some realms that do seem to be more like you're inside of a volcano but like it's not right right in a sense where like you have different levels where people are being tortured for different reasons. Like my journeys have never come up with uh, imps torturing people. Like I've come upon the dead, but they were just kind of wandering around, you know? Um, yeah. And everybody was kind of just doing their own thing. Right. Right. So, right. you know, I had another question I wanted to ask him, and I totally fucking forgot because I started thinking about something else. Sorry, well, my fucking mind's blown. Yeah. <laughs> it's just different it's here. Different. It's funny how like so many things like it still even goes along with ideas that I have. It's just different different ways. It's very interesting just hearing your it, you know, it, someone yeah. who's using different magic than me. You know that I don't know about. Very interesting. Yeah, it's actually it's um that's that's one of the reasons why I know I'm not crazy. You know, like when you when you first start out, you're like, man, like I just saw some crazy shit. Like, what is wrong with me? But then, you know, when you actually get the balls to tell people about your experiences and they've gone through the same, they'll be like, yeah, like I've had something similar. You know, um, and then you know you're onto something. And yeah, yeah. One of the one of the biggest things is that, like with Lucifer, when I tell people about my experiences with Lucifer. I always tell them about like he's really jokey and you know like he seems to enjoy being around people and observing them being goofy and having fun and, and whatever and sometimes he's a trickster in a sense will like he'll he'll do things to just like scare you or he'll pop right. up when you least expect it and when i tell people that like they're like yeah they're like lucifer's a real cool guy like he's real laid back <laughs> real easy to work with like he'll he'll put you out of your comfort level like and he'll teach you but at the same time he's got like a real buddy buddy feel you know and 
one of the reasons why I decided to do Demonosophy and Beyond is because after a while, you know, all the stuff that I was telling other people about, like within my pagan, witch, vampire, whatever community, um, yeah. you know, it was it was syncing up with a lot of their experiences. So I was like, okay, I'm not bullshitting myself. Or <laughs> if I speak yeah. on it, I won't be bullshitting other people. <laughs> Oh, well. Yes. No, well, I can even say, I mean, there's even been experiences uh, that I've had with magic that, like, uh, certain there's certain commonalities. Like, I've had episodes with, like, people who came on, like, you know, we shared commonalities and neither, like, didn't practice the same shit. Some people did it through meditation. Some might have been NDEs. You know, uh, there is, you know, I think commonalities to even where you could be practicing different stuff or go about it in your own way and still have certain things that you can still understand the other one and be like, okay, I'm not crazy. Cause you've experienced that even <laughs> in your own other way. Yeah. Oh, and, and I have noticed that even with just <clears throat> coming out and being honest about my own experiences, how people will be like, you know, they'll hit you up and then they end up on my show because it's like, they'll hit me up and be like, you know, I kind of like saw the same thing, but just in a different way. I mean, yeah. just, what the fuck. And it's like, all right, maybe I'm not what <laughs> I was, you know? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely helps. But that's funny that you said that. And yeah. What What is your the most common um, entity you work with? Like, um, you know, like if you like daily. Like, who do I work with the most right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, that's uh, right now. I'm actually working on myself, to be honest. Um, I got finished working with Eshkehe. Eshkehe. Yeah, the devil. Um, <laughs> and um, then uh, before that, I was working a lot with Lilith. And before that, it was like mainly focusing on Hakate. Um, but uh, right now, to be honest... Um, because of coming out of like that big darkness, I want to kind of experiment with the gray spaces more now. So I'm working with the gray with, uh, spaces. Yeah, yeah. What's the gray um, space. Well, see, uh, it, it's in the entities that I work with, uh, the Gregory, which are the Watcher angels. Um, oh, right, right. The Gregory, yeah, ones yeah. that are categorized as fallen, um, because they have a kind of dualistic feel, like more so than other entities because you have um each entity has its own um affinity so you may have one that has an affinity more for darkness than light and yeah, vice versa yeah. and then you right, have okay. ones that are more in the middle of the spectrum right i do have uh i have somebody also asking uh i guess if you know if you if you can answer it uh, is are you active in any order, or are you in any anything? Or? No, no. I try to I try to stay away from groups. Like I have <laughs> communities, and they have like uh, witch vampire courts, you know, around uh, that. You know, like when I get a chance, I try to attend, you know, and network and stuff like that, and make friends. But yeah. for the most part, I like to stay away from groups because ego gets in the way of everything. Fuck right. It's just like and then there's a lot of paranoia. You know, I tried to start up a call oh. 
and you tell people like I want to basically um like have a family. Like if you are attaching yourself energetically to somebody, you don't want to fuck them over. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> but a lot of people they even even other practitioners they think that you want to curse them or do some crazy shit to them and stuff like that. And it's like, no, oh, like, I, sure. I just told you what I wanted from you. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm being, yeah. I'm being open and honest. And so it's very hard to get a group of people who are on the same level, on the same page that you want to uh, work with on a long-term basis. Yeah. Yeah, I get you, mate. I get you. I think uh, there's like like a huge misconception with regards to magic. Oh yeah, yeah. It's been um, and you know partly the the media um, with the bullshit. Yeah, and uh, another thing about different orders too. Uh, I feel like they're gatekeepers for no reason. You know, yeah. a lot of people they're like when you, yeah, gatekeepers is basically gatekeepers. when. They keep you from rising up to a spiritual level. So you have these degrees and you have these titles and stuff like that. And people get caught up with that. Yeah. So it's not even yeah. putting passion into the magic. It's like, oh, oh I yeah. want this title and I want to be yeah. this so I can boss somebody around or whatever the fuck, you know? And it becomes so, a pyramid scheme. That's kind of why I say that all the time. Pyramid one scheme, yeah. Pyramid. One of the reasons why <laughs> I left the OTO. Because I said it was a, first off, in my opinion, when it comes down to magic. Or if you want to look at it in the conspiracy sense, it's the same thing as if the pyramid scheme of people knowing what's what and down at the bottom, people not knowing anything. I think it was the same thing inside the OTO. And I think you're right about the whole degrees and all that shit. It starts to become it's it's just I don't agree. I, the same thing you just said right now was one of the reasons why I left as well. I just well, even um, Manly P. Hall spoke on that and they were talking about he was talking about how there are black magicians and when he was saying black he was like really evil because these people were basically um limiting you know those who wanted to learn magic you know and so you know you have all these secret sets these secret sets these you know occult groups and stuff like that that are shaded in mystery and, and things like that and you know they're all about keeping things occult keeping things hidden um and I feel like it's wrong in my eyes to keep that ability to uh, seek your own power out, you know, like hidden. Like it should be understood. And the occult information is occult because not everybody is going to get it, even if you speak on it plainly. And that is what should determine whether or not a person becomes an occultist. Not the fact that like, Oh, like <laughs> this person has done sexual favors for me, so I'm going to give this person a book. Or yeah, this person yeah, yeah. has, uh, you know, like uh, appeased me in some way, you know. Yeah, it sounds like the uh, it's like this prevents preventing people from progressing. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and with me being all about evolution, with me. Uh, taking an oath before spirits and men to be a teacher, like my only desire is to get a good student, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. So, and and that in itself is hard, you know. Um, so, like, it's 
I am picky, but not to the point where like I'm a gatekeeper because it, it's very hard to find somebody who wants to learn and wants to be deep about it anyway. So that's yeah, it, <laughs> that's yeah. I could imagine, mate. I could imagine. And do you know, do you know, like when you um, you get in touch with the the entities, the, you know how you mentioned the Gregoria uh, recently. Mm-hmm. Would would it be the same process? Um, the are you talking about like contacting the Gregory? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, is it is no. it difficult? Uh, no, not yeah. not. It is not difficult whatsoever. The Gregory want to be in contact with mankind. They want to teach them. So, are, like, are you? Go ahead. Go sorry, ahead. mate. Go on. No, I was just going to say, are you able to explain how you contact them? There's different ways. Um, like, I have a close connection with Azazel. So I don't really need much. You know, when I first started contacting Azazel, I could just take his sigil, which, um, and then, um, you know, get like a white or a gray candle and basically burn some incense and call upon him and then, and then talk to him. You know, like, I don't even need right. Um with the Grigori, there, there's other different ways that I've been experimenting. Um, you know, I've been experimenting with electromagnetism in order to uh, supercharge your magic and things like that and kind of put energy into the atmosphere so that uh, different spirits have the energy to take away from that electromagnetism instead of like yourself in order to manifest. And I've contacted the Grigori by doing that. Um, I've also taken a pact with the Grigori, um, that I call a harmonization pact. And so with this pact, you become Grigori in the sense that they accept you because you're unified with them. So, um, it's, it's kind of like being a brother or sister and you kind of telepathically link yourself to them. So I don't need anything to really talk to them unless I really, like, really want to. Get you, yeah, I get you. Get you that, um, fucking hell, man. But it, it's just like... <laughs> in, or, in order to do that, though, you have to educate yourself on these spirits so that you can focus on them. So that's that's basically the big thing. It's like, yeah. I'll take gemat- gematria calculations of their names... To figure out like how they may be um i'll study as much as possible that i can there's not a lot of information about them outside of the book of enoch unfortunately yeah true true um but once you do that it kind of bridges the way for them to come and communicate with you and then you get a better idea of who they are and what they do and um how they want to help you out in your life Right, okay. Uh, are any of them mischievous? Not as far as I know. Like, they're very different. I've met, let's see, Azazel, um, Chazakio. I met like four of them. And they're very different. Like, there are some right, who okay. are serious. Uh, there are some who are kind of like sarcastic, like they have their own sense of humor. Um, they're very interesting. I wouldn't say they're mischievous, but like they're very loving. And it, it blew my mind because 
it was vastly different from my experiences with quote unquote regular angels. Um, yeah. Regular angels, they come off as dicks. <laughs> um, yeah, like they, they don't seem to like human beings. They come like when they're coming to give you a message, there's no dialogue. You know, it's just like, no, I'm telling you to do this and I'm out, you know, like and even trying to get a name from a a lower lower angel, you know, is like pulling teeth. But with the Grigori, like the Grigori will tell you about their nature, what they do, the type of magic that they're into. Um, I've gotten visuals from most of them. And um, like they they want to educate. They want to have, they want you to have an understanding. And so if they act, I suppose, like in a mischievous way, uh, then they can't, uh, they won't be able to create a connection to human beings because they'll be seen as negative. Oh, we. Oh, the, yeah, sorry, I just got is. kicked <laughs> off then, lads. Apologies, apologies. I was like, wait, when Lee just disappeared, where did he go? No, apologies, I got kicked off then. Just, sorry. sorry, lads, sorry, sorry. <laughs> you know, you mentioned the gatekeeping. Uh, you know, there was a couple of things you said, and I was like, fuck. Uh, I guess maybe I have like two questions. I'm trying to think of which one I want to go with first. Uh, actually, how do you think, in your opinion, do you see magic being used like against – do you think it's being used against humanity right now kind of like to fuck with it? Yes. To his experiments and for control and stuff like that, you know, like different governments, they have their own magicians. Um, like in they a lot of science is incorporated with magic. Um, one of these uh, examples would be like CERN. Um <laughs> Where they have this like <laughs> article accelerator and all this other shit and stuff like that, and they did this weird, um, they had this weird parade and and ceremony and stuff before the whole thing. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like there there is definitely manipulation. <laughs> You're talking about magic, and you bring up CERN because I, I I do question about that myself. You know, with CERN, and is that like kind of just like some like you know, uh, med magician fucking project? Yeah, do you know what? It's, it's magic. CERN's been popping up quite a lot lately, hasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. like it, it's it's really on the radar, and it's like you have to ask these questions because it's weird. It's like why yeah, do they exactly. have a statue of Shiva in, in front of their building? Why are <laughs> yeah, they exactly. doing these weird ass ceremonies when it's just a scientific thing? Like no, like there's there's more to it. You know? Like, yeah, there's, no, I like, definitely think so. The, uh, Temple of Apollo is near there as well, isn't it? <laughs> the what? Temple of Apollo. Oh, I don't, I don't know about that. Like, is that is that yeah, uh, yeah. attached to CERN? It's close to it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, like I don't know some basics. Like some things will pop up on my radar. People will put me onto something. Even certain spirits will talk about it. You know. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. definitely, when spirits start talking about it, then I know like it's connected to magic. No, I definitely think, uh, and then I guess that's like kind of one of the reasons why I ended up coming out and doing the show that I have is because I do think that like a lot of people are just being mind fucked with magic, you know. And like you mentioned, CERN, I'm sure that's a part of it somehow. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's just it's it's just like there are a lot of things that just aren't explained. 
like they're swept under the rug. Yes. And, you know, like, it's like, what is the symbolization behind X, Y, and Z? And it, it goes way deeper. And people who aren't part of the occult, who don't understand occult symbolism, don't see these things. Like, even down to, like, our flags. Like, <laughs> like... Yo, I've like, said that before that I think flags and, and the little shields and like when people have those, oh, fuck, I forgot what they're crests. I'm, I'm sorry. I think a lot of that's old talismanic shit to be told. Yeah, it, it, it's it's the same concept as like sigilization. Yes. You know, you know, you know so <laughs> like, yeah, like magic is all over the place. Nice. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome that yeah. you said that this thing with the flags because I've thought that myself before. That's cool. I'm not, see, I'm not as crazy as I thought I was. I mean, you're crazy. But, like, you, you, that doesn't mean that you're wrong. That's true. That's true. I'll yeah. go with that. Yeah. I'm still fine with that. I was crazy. I'm just not wrong. <laughs> I'm fine with that. You know, they yeah. say that there's a fine line between insanity and genius. And I, I tell people, like, if you are working this as a lifestyle, like, there will be moments when you do go insane. Like, you'll be confronted with some kind of information that just breaks your mind and you have to reset and let your brain process all that shit later. <laughs> so, like, insanity isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know, insanity from a, an occultist perspective is, like, uh, <laughs> it's basically, like, these people don't understand what the fuck I'm saying, so yeah. they think <laughs> I need to be locked up. But, like, I know what I'm saying. And yeah. other people... Who are on the level yeah. know what I'm saying. <laughs> no, that's that's you. To, you totally nailed it with that. That's for sure. <laughs> I even feel like that's at times with my own podcast. I'm like sometimes when I cover stuff like on the occult rejects, I'm like, you know, am I saying some shit? It just makes me sound fucking crazy. Is anybody even understanding it? You know? Yeah, like sometimes yeah. I, I do like question what I say because it's normal for me, but like when it comes out your mouth, you're like, wow, that really sounds insane. <laughs> But you know everything adds up in my brain, and that's really all that matters. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think honestly, too, I think the whole thing behind it as well is that if you really, I mean, if you're being truthful and you think you're being honest about it too, then that's all that really matters, I guess, too. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you're saying this crazy shit to make up a lie to gain something. If it's just your truth and your story, and that's what you think, then you know. Yeah. Really, I mean, it's the, at that point, it really just comes down to like you know. And that's that's my approach to everything. You know, like when with my. Uh, not my podcast because I don't have my podcast anymore. Uh, my YouTube channel, like I say, a lot of times this these are my experiences. But go and do the shit yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't take everybody's word for you know like what what's going on. You know, like go figure it out. Go experiment. Go find out what's happening yourself. Go find your own truth. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's the the biggest thing like you have a lot of people even with magic magic isn't supposed to be in a box you know like all these belief systems are like no we're the one true way just like religion it's like no this is not how magic is supposed to be done like figure out what everything means to you and go through the motions you know like i can't i can't stand people who consider themselves like armchair occultists and think that they know everything it's like Theoretically, like you may know some shit, but like real life application, don't come at me with that bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> like <laughs> everything is fact because you read it in a book. Even books are biased. Yes. Yes. 
or you're even reading something in a book and taking it the wrong way. You know, the person could be reading it wrong as, as well. Hey, yeah, you got a point there, mate. That's that is point. true. Like, <laughs> there have been a lot of times when I have read something in a book, wasn't sure if I was applying it right. So I would actually write the author and be like, look, you're the one who wrote the book. Can you go in depth and explain this to me some more? But then there are also times when I leave it up to my interpretation. Mm. Very well said. Uh, Lee, unfortunately, I do have to get going now. Yes, mate. Um, I hate to screw up the Zero. Fuck, man. You have blown my mind, mate. That was, yeah, I really uh, incredible. That. It was nice hearing, hearing a different perspective and just a different – just talking to somebody who was involved with different stuff. I enjoyed the conversation for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm nice always glad honest. to have, like, a, uh, an educated conversation, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or just even talking about magic and just – I don't know. You know, yeah. things I think yeah. as black as white, black and white with it as as people think. So. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Uh, yeah. yeah. Do you want to let everybody know where they can get hold of you, like um, your email address, or right? Um. Yeah. Like. Um, hold on a second. Sorry, my phone's. Just a thought that was me. I was like, did I hit a button somewhere? No. <laughs> All the shit that I got going on over here. Yeah, like if anybody wants to contact me and you want to uh, put up my email address out there, uh, which is derelictdemon at gmail.com. Um, in YouTube, there is uh, Demonosophy and Beyond. That is where I post my stuff. And I'm very active on there. So, like, if people comment on there, um, then I am likely to comment back as soon as possible. Uh, I also do have a website it's on square so like it's very long and complicated um but you know like i have my book that's for sale uh, digital copies i still have a few physical copies um i'm also giving mentorship and doing reiki healing and some other stuff that i just started so um right. yeah everybody is actually welcome to just check those things out and hit me up Oh, sound, mate. Well, uh, what's your book called, mate? Um, my book is called The Grimoire of Damnation, and it actually oh, nice, has, nice. yeah, it actually has workings with Aramon and the Seven-Headed Dragon, um, and it's ba it basically is these magical exercises that lead you up to preparing to enter the abyss. So uh, I do okay, tell okay. a lot of people who are beginners that if you want to work through the book. Like, work through the beginning stuff, but do not initiate yourself into the abyss. Like, when you read about um, the abyss, a lot of the people are at a certain age. You know, like, you don't see a lot of young people entering the abyss. Right, right. But you have these spiritually mature people who know who yeah, they like are. Yeah, like season. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like, I don't. And and I, I do give disclaimers and stuff like that, but you're going to have one asshole who is just going to try to do it and then fuck themselves up so i would try to like <laughs> <laughs> i vocalize the disclaimers as well yeah yeah That's nice cool. one mate uh, oh thank you very much for for jumping on mate uh, that really was yeah, something else that was incredible and I, 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 I really mean that yeah thanks that for brilliant. having me on like i brilliant. appreciate the fact that uh you know uh you came to my uh youtube channel yeah yeah man. And, and actually hit me up and we corresponded yeah yeah nice mate nice um 
Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, if, you want, if, if you can, um, if you want to send any links that you do have, like for your book or other stuff, if you send it to Lee, I'll because this is actually live on my uh, on my um, YouTube, I'll add your links in there too if you want or whatever. Because I okay. actually didn't have any links of yours yet from Lee. So if you send anything to Lee, I'll have him send it to me and I'll let yeah, you. Yeah, if you, if, you if you send them over, email them over, mate. We'll get them added for you. Yeah, we'll okay. Put them in the video. I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah, of course. Yeah, like yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll get that all together and shoot Sounds you an email soon. Sounds good. Yeah, nice one, mate. Nice yeah, one. It's definitely um, nice meeting you, man. It was it was cool to talk. And uh, I, if I get your contact info, I might I might hit you up and we might do this again, you know. So on my end, I had a good time. Anytime. Definitely yeah. interesting. Yeah. It was just interesting just to have conversations with other people. Fuck yeah, brilliant. brilliant. I know it, it it feels good. And it's like, oh, like I'm home when you're speaking with people who are like intellectually into this stuff, you know, and you get to nerd out. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Uh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I guess I'll plug my show real quickly. Uh, the NYP. Yes. You just find all my stuff on uh, Apple Podcasts, all regular podcasts. Uh, Bit shoot, Rumble, and the Occult Rejects. The same shit. Or torn more on YouTube. Really, I, I push that. Really, you'll find everything on that one YouTube thing. Torn more. So. Nice one, mate. Uh, New York Patriot. You're a legend. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Had a good no time. No problem, mate. Um, thank you very much. Definitely. And uh, I will. Uh, I guess I'll be going. And uh, everybody else uh, have a. You know, yes, yes, yes. Have a nice evening, mate. Yeah. Thanks I'll for the people who jumped in also and asked the questions. That was cool. Shit. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thanks, for right. mate. Everybody Thanks, be well and later. Yeah. I'll speak to you soon. Okay, mate. Uh,